Grounded Radio is a podcast on creativity, well-being, personal growth, and spiritual journeys. The ladies of Grounded embark on a journey of what it means to be our most authentic self and lead a well-balanced life. Be inspired and tune in to the raw conversations that bridge our human connection and raise our frequencies. This is Grounded Radio. Hello, beautiful beings. You are now tuning in to the Grounded Podcast, where we share your well-being, art, and lifestyle stories to connect and inspire. This is Bianca. And I'm Marika. And today we're coming at you from the privacy of our own homes in Metro Manila. And our guest today is the owner of Healthy Grocery, our favorite store that sells naturally powerful products to feel great. He's an old friend of mine, he's an avid surfer, and has a unique knowledge and outlook on healing modalities. Please welcome Anton San Vicente. Hi, Anton. Welcome to Grounded Radio. Thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. So excited. What have you been up to these days? How is everything going? Things are definitely different. You could say that. I try to keep things normal in my life, at least not really change anything, not do anything drastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. I'm just trying to continue with whatever, whatever's been happening, trying to just um, be, you would say, grounded, just be normal, trying not to change anything too drastically. Yeah, aside from what going out and wearing a mask all the time, of course. Yeah, it's like I'm trying to, I'm just trying to, to, to go back to how things were, but then in, you know, just getting rid of the things that don't really need anymore. How is the healthy grocery surviving the pandemic? Well, that's an interesting question because, well, in one, in, in some ways you can say we were surviving, in some ways we were thriving. So that's a tricky one because ever since the start of of lockdown, we never really stopped operating. We we never really stopped operating, and even during the times when people were really, you know, fearful, didn't want to leave their houses, we were still working, we we're still going out. So it was very challenging, but at the same time, it was very rewarding because there was not a lot of businesses who were allowed to operate during the time, and we were one of the businesses who was allowed to operate, and we did, and it was very hard because the whole time we had to weave through things. We've through rules, we've through people, we've through different situations. So every day was very crazy during the start. But um, I think in a lot of ways we we were thriving. We were thriving because we were we were adapting to the situation since day one. We were ahead of everyone because while everyone was still at home, stuck, all the businesses were shut down. We were we were already running. It was very difficult, yeah. But we were able to adapt to the situation very early on. Wow, that sounds really challenging. But at the same time, like you said, it's you guys kind of have the upper hand now because you were still at it and still out in the field. That's right. That's right. I, w- I was telling my staff, I was telling everyone in my team, guys, this is exactly the time when we shouldn't stop working. This is exactly the time when we when we shouldn't give up because it's like war suddenly happened. And when it's when it's time to be on the battlefield, that's when we should be ready. That's when we shouldn't be giving up. And I guess I think now everyone is appreciating appreciating it because a lot of my, my team, they were seeing how everything has affected everyone. A lot of people lost jobs, a lot of businesses closed down, but we were, we didn't really change anything much. I mean, we actually ended up doing more things, expanding more during this time. Amazing. I can't imagine what it was like kind of maneuvering through ECQ and GCQ and all those things. And now things have kind of, kind of normalized. So 
you've probably found your groove, but we just want to say thank you for fighting the good fight and for going and not stopping. <laughs> Especially the nature of your brand is superfoods and stuff to boost our immune system and to fight exactly what we're fighting against, which is the virus. So it's really important that you guys keep going because I know I can't live without my raw wheatgrass from Healthy Grocery and my shakes. Oh my gosh, I feel you, girl. <laughs> you know, before I ask my question, I just want to segue um, into saying that I am a big fan because I have been drinking Healthy Grocery matcha forever. And it's really been such a huge source of comfort in this lockdown. Every around 4 or 5 p.m., I'll have my like little matcha of the day. So thank you for that. We read that Healthy Grocery formed organically and from the ground up. Can you please tell us how you started the venture? Like what is the Healthy Grocery origin story? And tell us about the inception, like the idea you had to starting the business. It's a bit of a long story too, because if, if you really would go back to the inception of it. It's, it was really me. Years, years ago, when I was still in my teenage years, I, I would experiment with a lot of different supplements, not really knowing what was the good stuff, what was the bad stuff. I just wanted to try out everything because I was very much into sports at a very young age. And I just wanted to find an edge, you know, some, something that would give me that extra boost with things. So I, I first I st started experimenting with all these synthetic supplements, which were the only stuff really available during the time. And for years I was doing it and I wasn't really improving, but maybe I thought I was. And then later on, I started slowly discovering all these different superfoods and herbs, but it wasn't really labeled superfoods yet. There was not really such a thing yet. So I was experimenting with that. Still in my teenage years, for a very long time, until maybe around 2009, 10, 11, around, around that time, I really started getting into the superfoods because I was, doing pretty I was doing pretty extreme stuff with my body, extreme sports, and I, need, I really needed something that would fulfill my needs, but do it in a very safe way and in a manner where it accumulates over time. What I mean by what accumulates yeah. over time is that it just gets the, the effects become better and better over time. So I was consuming this stuff. No one else was. People kind of just looked at me weird because I was always drinking spirulina, which was during the time people really looked at me like I was crazy because it's really green and kind of um, people say nasty looking. Yeah, funky, funky looking. So <laughs> I was consuming that stuff and, and it was working very, very well for me. It was changing my life, but I never really gave it thought to make it a business. I was spending a lot of money definitely during the time because it's it's not cheap. This stuff's not cheap and no one was really consuming it. So I had to find ways to get it here from different places. Very difficult to source, right? Until one day, one of my friends, um, Alfredo, he on, on, a, on a plane back from a surf trip down south in Mindanao, he, 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 you know, he tells me, you know, since you, you know all about this stuff and you seem to be the only person who knows, why don't you just make it a business? I kind of gave it thought, hmm, you know what, I never really thought about it that way. But you're right, this, it, this does make for a good business, um, business concept. It's, it's good for everyone. I can supply myself. No one's really selling it. It's a, good, it's a really good product. And everyone, it, it seems to be where the market was going. That was, this was during the time when the whole 
health boom wasn't really happening yet. So I was kind of like, okay, am I going to pioneer this? And I did the math, checked on my resources, checked on my networks, and it seemed like it was a good idea, so I did it. And I literally did it all from from the ground up during the start. I was the one packing the powders. I was I was I was learning the whole the whole business from the ground up. And from that, I built the company. Like I would um, perfect, let's say, perfect the product first, and then I'd hire people to come and do it. And then next is I'd perfect the marketing. And then I'd hire people to come and do it. It's not like a, it's not like in the start I was just throwing money around and pulling people to do stuff for me. No, I I did it. My, I did everything myself first. Everything from the packing to the delivery, everything during the start, and until I started just adding people one by one. Really inspiring. Could you tell us more about the healthy grocery products and their roots? I was on your bestsellers page and saw that you had. Acai, spirulina, wheatgrass, and cacao. But what are your personal favorites, or could you just run us through like the main, the mainstays? Okay. Well, I got I get asked that a lot, and it, that's another tricky question because <laughs> all of all of them are all of them complement one another. So you can't really just be consuming one thing. It's I believe that the best diet is when you consume everything. Even if something is, even if one thing is excellent, you can't just keep on consuming that because your body is your body is going to need other things, right? So it's you, you, what you really want is to try to consume as much different things as you can to keep yourself to keep yourself okay. fresh. So if I was going to choose a few that would really be beneficial for everyone, first it would be the first thing would be spirulina. Okay. Spirulina is, is it, well, people know what it is nowadays. I always used to get asked what it is, and I would always have to give this long story on what spirulina is. But nowadays, people seem to already know what it is. Right? So it's it's essentially a superfood um, algae. It's got a very balanced nutrient profile that you can kind of survive on it, similar to how you could survive on on coconuts. It's got everything, fat, electrolytes, probiotics, everything, essential fatty acids, protein, complete. complete. And what makes it even more special is that it's got chlorophyll. So chlorophyll is quite similar to our blood in its structure. So when you're consuming it, it's like you're sort of regenerating your blood. It's cleaning your blood. It's regenerating your blood. It's cleaning you up. And not a lot of food in the world can do that. Usually the ones that are very, very green, like spirulina, chlorella, matcha. Sorry, wheatgrass, not matcha. Matcha. What? Yeah, but ma- ma- oh, okay. <laughs> but I'm sure matcha's got some matcha's got some chlorophyll as well. <laughs> okay. So it's an it's like an all in one superfood that when you do consume it, you really do feel it. Wow. That really makes up for the smell. Yeah, you, you know <laughs> Spirulina has the strongest smell. You know uh, but worth it, worth it. Yes. I'll tell you something go. interesting about spirulina. When you, it's a good, in, consuming it is a good indicator of how healthy you actually are because when you consume it and it tastes really funky to you, that means your body's pH levels are a little, are, are a little bit off. So it will taste weird to you because you, you're consuming it through your mouth, oh. right? And your mouth has a certain pH 
depending on your, your body yes. state. So if you're very, I would say, unhealthy, it would probably taste very, very foul. And then it's oh, like snap. the it's like the healthier okay. the healthier you are the the more yeah the more it tastes good. But it's one of and then do you find that your body? Sorry, do you find that your body kind of looks for it after a while? Like once it becomes a regular thing, not not really look for it. More like you end up looking for it. It doesn't really make you crave it oh. like coffee. Like you end up looking for it because you're going to be like. I felt really good when I when I when I had the glass of spirulina. Now I want to end, I want to feel good wow. again. That's sort of how yeah. you end up feeling. Yeah. It just balances you out. That actually might explain I when I used to drink spirulina at first. I thought I couldn't I couldn't handle the taste. It tasted so bad. But after years of drinking it, I actually I actually like the taste. The smell I still have to get used to it, but um, yeah, so maybe that means I'm getting healthier. <laughs> Probably. Most Don't likely. you put it in your smoothies? Yes, I do. I haven't in a while, though. I really should start getting on that again because wheatgrass um, tastes better. Yeah, it's, it's really the ultimate superfood, spirulina. It's not expensive at all. It's, it's, it's quite cheap. And it mixes quite easily in a lot of smoothie recipes, green smoothie recipes especially. You can even use it to make um, uh, salad, salad dressing, mixing it with olive oil. You can also put it on your skin, mixing it with a little bit of oil as well and putting it on your skin, make, using it as a mask. What? Yeah, because so it's, cool. it's also, um, you know, spirulina, chlorella, they're also detoxifying agents. So when you consume them or you put them on your skin, they have this, they have this property where they, 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 pull out, they pull out toxins. That's why a lot of people probably the first, if, if they're particularly, um, I would say, their body is not so healthy and they do consume it, they probably end up heading to the bathroom the first time they use it. Not because their body doesn't like it, more like suddenly there's an, there's, there's, um, there's an agent in your body that, that helping you get rid, eliminate, eliminate the bad stuff. Detox. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Major yeah. detox. Exactly. Can this raw wheatgrass do the same thing? Yes. Yes and no. The diff the biggest difference between wheatgrass and spirulina is that wheatgrass is is more. It does less. It does less than spirulina. Spirulina is more of just a balanced food. It's it's got protein. It's got fat. Carb, a little carbohydrate, all that. Wheatgrass, not really. It's not so rich in, in, in I would say macronutrients. It's more of like a chlorophyll, and um, it's more of like a chlorophyll supplement and more of like um, enzyme supplement it's because it's very rich in enzymes. So the, the the main difference between the two, if you're going to use them, is I would use wheatgrass to alkalize myself because it's also very alkaline. And spirulina, I would use it more as a general superfood to just be healthy. You know, if you just want to not think about it, just want to consume one thing and you're sort of guaranteed that you're sort of getting a lot, a lot of different things, I would consume spirulina. And if you want to clean yourself out, you take wheatgrass. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Hypothetically wow. speaking, 
if someone was, let's say, raised on junk food their whole life and wanted to turn over a new leaf and was completely new to buying healthy kitchen staples, and let's say they found the whole health world like really overwhelming, where would you have them start? And, you know, they're super picky about taste and all these things. Where would you have a complete kind of beginner, someone who's new to this whole healthy eating paradigm? What would you well, suggest? Like? I would always suggest, first and foremost, is eat what is needed by your body more than, more than anything. Um, eating, the amount of, okay. eating the amount of calories that your body actually needs. So if you're a sedentary individual, you shouldn't be eating so much even if it's healthy. If you are very athletic, then you should eat a lot of the right stuff. And the right and the, the, the stuff that you do need. So you have to find that out. And you have to do it all based on pH. So it's it all starts with pH. What you sort of what you want to do is eat food to help you get to your bodies to the bot to the pH that you want. So if you're get if you're feeling too acidic and you, you can usually tell that you're feeling acidic when you start getting really negative and kind of just kind of slow and cloudy and kind of negative. That's when you can sort of tell your body's starting to get neg acidic. And then you can tell your body's getting alkaline if you're getting a little bit, um, I would say, spacey, kind of spaced out, kind of aloof. So what you want to do is if you feel like you're getting acidic or getting alkaline, you're eating food to sort of balance you out. So that would probably be a good starting point. So where do, where do superfoods fit in? Superfoods make it fun. Superfoods make everything fun because it's, it's quite difficult for a lot of people to get very potent nutrition out of a lot of the fruits and vegetables that are available. You know, even if, even if you're, let's say, eating a huge, salad of lettuce if the salad of of lettuce leaves is not that well it's not that well grown and it's not organic then you might just be eating fiber so when you consume superfoods you're you're not consuming that much you know in, in terms of weight but then the amount of macro and micro nutrients vitamins minerals enzymes it's it's much more so it's easier for a normal it's easier for anyone to 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 get a dense source of of nutrition in their diet and the best way to really incorporate these things for someone who has never really consumed it before or has been or is, or is trying to switch from a normal diet is to do it slowly don't change the way that you're doing things right now so I start incorporating it into your, into your routine, whatever you're doing. So nothing is of a shock. So in that way, you can also tell which is working. So if you start consuming, let's say, um, spirulina and start feeling good and you're still eating bad, doing bad stuff, drinking, smoking cigarettes, whatever, you're going to feel a difference. You're going to be able to compare that feeling to the, you know, to the bad feelings. So that makes it much easier okay. because people will naturally start choosing the option that makes them feel good. So that I would say that would probably be the, the simplest way. You have to integrate it into your life that you have right now. Don't try to change things drastically because it's going to be hard. It's going. It's like you're pushing yourself. Oh, I'm 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 going to start like 
getting on a plant-based diet today and working out twice a week, twice a day, starting today. That's going to be very difficult. It's it's better. So don't shock your system. It's better to basically. to make it creep into your life until it's just until it just becomes natural because you choose you start choosing better options. Yeah, that's really good advice, especially a lot of people jump into diets and new routines and then it's easy to fall off the wagon. Yes, this definitely. It's, it's a lot of it's a lot of pressure on yourself and your body actually might even feel ill because you might just start the detoxing really really quickly and that can start giving you migraines and headaches and loose bowel all these things so the best way is to really do it gently and naturally and have it integrate into your life yeah and when you do it that way i feel like you're more aware mm, and definitely. you start being more in touch with your body because you're it's like your body's talking to you and you, you communicate with with it and when you when you take these things these superfoods and you're doing it slowly, you really get to step back and be more aware and in touch with what's going on and be more observant. Yes. And it really becomes part of your lifestyle more than just like a, a crash thing. It's really, you're really introducing it to be something that you do on a daily basis. Yes, exactly, exactly. It's much, it's much, easier, it's much easier for you to do it that way because you're... you're you're noticing them more. You're noticing them more, as opposed to like just doing everything at once. And you can't, you can't, you can't seem to understand what's going on with your body. So it's really all about being in tune with yourself. I mean, at the end of the day, it's you have to consume what is good for you in your situation and what you are doing at that particular moment. It can't always be like I'm going to eat three meals a day because you know I have to. No, more like sometimes you can eat. One meal a day. Sometimes you don't even have to. It really, no, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Like I, yeah, I do. Fasting. Yeah, I do that sometimes. Yeah. Like um, let's say, because I, I have a bit of a strange way of eating. I eat a lot at night, but I don't eat much during the day. Yeah, interesting. Because I, at least for me, what works is that I get up in the morning, just sort of drink different liquids, coffee, juice, super, you know, super um smooth a superfood smoothie or something like that something very simple and then the whole day i just like doing stuff not really thinking about food and then when the evening comes i just gorge because i think yeah because i think i mean and i I eat everything from like rice um literally everything i eat it all at night rice protein um dessert everything i eat it at night because i don't really need the energy at night I, I mean, I don't need to digest at night. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I, I don't need the energy at night. I'm, I'm resting. I'm resting at night. So when you're digesting food, it takes a lot of energy. So when you are resting at night, then your body can really absorb all that stuff. And while you're sleeping, your body's digesting it even more. And when you wake up, it's already, you're, the energy's already all ready for you to use throughout the day. That's so that yeah that's so that's what works for me. It's like you're, you're the the energy that you have when you wake up is the energy that your body accumulated from from the rest period and all on all the food that you ate. Exactly, exactly. It's what it works for me because I feel like my head's not as cloudy and I can I can move better because I'm not digesting stuff throughout the day. 
I'm just hydrating essentially. Wow. That's such a gift to get to that point where you know your body so well and what works for you. And I feel like that's what everyone is struggling with every day. Just even me, it's still trying to figure out what works for me. And that's so specific, like what you do. And that's amazing. I like how you found what works for you because some people don't even take a moment to pause and ask themselves or even... People don't realize that you can change things up. I guess sometimes we're taught as kids, like, okay, you got to have three meals a day and like breakfast is the most important meal of the day. But then, you know, it's nice to know that you can change things up depending on what's best for you. And once you hit a point where you know your body so well and you can say, okay, this works and this doesn't work, that must be awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I would say so. I mean, because the thing is, I've always been the type to sort of question how things are done and I'm always trying to improve improve things I've always thought that there's not just one way to do things and I will, I've always liked experimenting with stuff so it stems it stems from that it's curiosity more than anything speaking of experimenting Marika has a question <laughs> well no I was reading your blog about adaptogens and ma basically magic mushrooms. So I wanted to ask you about it. Um, you guys were saying that nutritionists, doctors, medicine women, and half of the internet are touting the benefits of adaptogens. And they're known to balance hormones, increase energy, aid in insomnia and anxiety, boost metabolism, and treat autoimmune diseases. I mean, that's a really amazing list. And so, could you take us a little bit more into the world of adaptogens? Because we're really curious. Okay. Well, well, firstly, um, magic mushrooms. Um, I'm not sure if you can really categorize it as an adaptogen because it's more of an entheogen. We can go a little bit more about that later. But adaptogens, yes. Okay, so adaptogens, adaptogens are essentially the special food that balances your body it makes you adapt it makes your body adapt to different stresses so if you're not energetic it's going to give you energy if you're too energized it's going to calm you down so these are normally these are normally food that if you if you observe them in their natural habitat they're survivors as well if you look at them like maca one of the top adaptogens in the world where it grows is very high up high super high elevation kind of deserty deserty climate sorry are they all mushrooms no, no or no. are they different types of no 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 fungus? adaptogens adaptogens are it's um it's a broad term to describe food like food that can help your body help your body be in a state become put it be put in a state of balance like it, it, it balances you out. So if you if you're too energized, it's going to bring you down. If you're under energetic, it's going to bring you it's going to bring you up. So it can be you can have mushrooms, you can have root crops as adaptogens. So it's not essential. It's not just mushrooms. Like um, ube, I would say is an adaptogen. Ube root, ginger. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Ginger. A lot. A lot of different mushrooms. 
like um, cordyceps, chaga. But not all mushrooms are adaptogens. No, not necessarily because they have to have that property where they nourish your your adrenal glands, your endocrine system. They it it it's a special property of adaptogens. That's what that's what makes them an adaptogen. They it's kind of like the best way to describe it is like it's like drinking coffee, getting pumped up, pump pumped up, but without the caffeine, without the stimulation. I mean, you're you're you're. It's more of energy through nutrition, not through stimulation. I I hope that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It does. It do, that does. Yeah, that's that's essentially what and they do. You were also talking about ashwagandha. Ashwagandha, yes. And yeah, I don't think that's so popular here, but we've all have probably come across the term, and it just sounds so mystical. It's well, it's um, it's an Ayurvedic herb similar to maca. Very, very similar to maca. I would say it might even be a bit stronger than maca, but the flavor is quite, I would say, Ayurvedic. Very, very spicy. So we tried selling that before, but during the time it wasn't really appropriate yet. People were still, people were still learning about maca, which is quite normal now. Well, ashwagandha is, um, it's an adaptogen as well but it's more of it's more commonplace in india it's used there a lot it's got a very unique flavor that i can't even describe how do you ingest it you just um is there a specific way well usually it comes in a powdered form and you can you can mix it in a smoothie you can mix it with water you can sprinkle it on food or you can encapsulate it because it does taste a little bit strong. So are you now you guys don't sell ashwagandha anymore? No, we right? have we haven't for, for a while, but this is something that we've we've considered because people are looking for it. So maybe the closest product you have to ashwagandha is maca? Yes, that's right. I, I would say I personally like maca better than ashwagandha just because it tastes so much better. I love maca. It tastes so it good. Just tastes and good, yeah. It balances out your hormones, mm-hmm. right? So I think it's also really advisable for women, especially when they're having their period. It's even better for women, yeah. W- women seem to benefit from it the most. Yeah, because it, 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 it nourishes your, your adrenal glands and your endocrine and your, balances out your hormones. And I, th- I, think that, I think that women get more discomfort with, with hormonal changes than men. True. Where does DMT fit into all the superfood? Because the reason I'm asking is because we've had um, numerous discussions about this, about DMT. And I'm so curious because they call it the God DNA. And I, 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 is it a psychedelic or is it, is it a, healing, a healing power that we now have access to? And I know you know a lot about it. So What's... if you don't mind, do you want to talk about it? Yeah, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting topic um, because people are still trying to figure out what it really exactly is. If we if we look back into our ancient history, a lot of the cultures are really referring. A lot of them are referring to DMT or DMT induced experiences, and it seems to it seems to be prevalent in a lot of. Um, these older cultures in in their art. DMT is found in pretty much um, 
everything that's alive, almost everything. A lot of the plants have it, but in different amounts. We humans have it in our brain right now, and a lot of not, there's not, hasn't been much research done on it. But what people are finding out and what people are theorizing is that it might um, be one of the chemicals in your brain that's that's a cause for reality. You know, in in ancient cultures, there it's mentioned a lot. A lot of there's a lot of mention about DM about um, DMT, but without them really saying it. You can see it in a lot of the motifs, a lot of the artwork, a lot of the s- stories, even. And you 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 ask you got you have to ask yourself why do they talk about it so much? And no one seems to have any answers. It's like everyone knows about it. Everyone knows what it is, but they don't. It's like it's something that's so common in all cultures, but they actually don't know that it's that. They don't know that it's um. They don't know what it's called. They don't know that it's called DMT. Biologically, our our bodies will produce DMT during moments of high stress. It can be positive stress. It can be negative stress. I mean, a good example. Like a car accident. Yes, like a car accident. Exactly. You know how sometimes people would people would say, "Oh, if things slow down," or "I saw everything happen in slow motion." It's like they get hyper hyper reality, or mm-hmm. they start seeing all their they start seeing white light or start seeing relatives all around. And these 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 things can happen in a split in a split second, right? So. Yeah, it's, it's been found that DMT is the one that does cause that expansion of reality. And DMT is produced in your brain, even right now. But at not at the same, um, it's not at the same level as it would be when the situation is very stressful. So what does this have to do with all these um, uh, cultures? If you notice a lot of uh, all these spiritual cultures and spiritual traditions, if you notice a lot of them are very, I would say, arduous, repetitive in nature, the things that they do, like meditation, um, prayer, prayer, fasting, all these things. Chanting. Chanting, dancing, sweating. All these things induce a release of DMT in the brain. You can look at it as, oh, this DMT, it's, it's a chemical, it can be a chemical um, connector to, to different um, higher states of being. People actually, like our brain produces it, right? Animals have it, plants have it, most, uh, like you said, like all living things are supposed to have it. How do, how do they capture it? Where, how do they get it or extract it? And like, because now you can take it, right? You can smoke it or I don't know what the other methods of taking it is, but you can take it. You can have it with you. Well, so you don't how nec- does it work? You don't necessarily have to smoke it or eat it or consume it. You can do it through, you can do it through natural methods such as exercise, extreme physical exercise, extreme exertion. Extreme... So it's like getting endorphins. Mm, yes, but more. It's more than that. Like it will really only release in your body during times of um, extreme stress, positive or negative. Like, like what we were saying a while ago, getting into an accident or being born. You know, so that's one way to induce it in the body. And then another way is to extract it from plants. 
it's found in almost all plants, but there are certain species of plants that contain much more, much more of it. It's it's interesting because if you see it, it's um, it's crystalline in nature. If you look at it under a microscope, it's the most beautiful crystal you will ever you will ever see. So it's wow. it, it's um it's extracted from plants. It's like uh, to be to be specific, acacia trees have a lot of it. Uh, acacia trees have a lot of it. Um, certain species of lotus flowers have it. In, and these are uh, all these are all my favorite plants. And you know, you, you know that's where, why. <laughs> where it, where it gets even more interesting is if you look into our history and it, it, into our history of of um, I would say magic. People call it magic, uh, herbalism, witchcraft, herbology. Yeah, herbal, herbal, yeah, herbology here in the Philippines at least. Shamanism, our 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 local history, the areas where it's practiced a lot, have plants that have a lot of, of high content of um, DMT. If you look at Sikihor, if you look at a lot of the photos of all the healers there, they are actually, they are, they are administering plants that contain DMT. I don't even know if they from know From Nara? That. No, not from Nara. Nara trees like, or Akasha? Um, oh, sorry, Akasha. Um, some of it look like Chakruna. Which is it's which is which is quite surprising because it's something that's used in South America. I don't know how they've gotten hold of it here, but or it's either someone brought it over here, or we actually have it here growing as well. So they wow. they use it they use it in a lot. If you look at it, like places which which have a lot of shamanic practice, they usually are using it in some way, whether they know it or they don't. It seems like the ones here, at least in the Philippines, I don't know if they know. They, they probably have just been taught to just keep on using the, whatever plant it is, but they don't know that, that this is actually one of the ingredients of it. Like the real history. I was just about to say that, you know how the lotus flower is such a prominent symbol in Eastern culture mm. for like enlightenment and all these things. Who knows, maybe it's because of the DMT aspect. And, and to simplify for everyone listening, DMT can be harnessed from plants, but it's also something that's produced in our brains during high moments of stress or like climactic events, being born, dying, a car accident, or crazy physical exercise or exertion. Just to clarify, is that correct? And, yes. And you were telling me earlier during the break that it's kind of like having a television, and just because you don't have access to the other channels in that moment, it doesn't mean they don't exist. So there are several planes of existence or other, how do you call it, like realities, yes. and DMT provides access to all those realities or just to Earth? Is it like a one-way bridge or how does it work? Sorry. Uh, we, can, we, can th we can, you know, we can really get only guess can really only guess okay. and um, that's what it seems like no one really has an answer but that's that's what it seems like it seems to be providing a, a gateway to to other re realities or I have a friend who said it really helps with major life decisions I don't know if that's a, a personal experience but she said that 
she was at a crossroads and when she took DMT, the way suddenly became very clear, like the more positive path. And I have another friend who said it transported her to the realm of the gods. So it's very, <laughs> very interesting. Wow. I want to yes. go to that realm. It's <laughs> Me too. It, it would, you know, it would probably have the same impact as you traveling somewhere extremely you know, extremely beautiful and you're just awestruck and that just moves you, that your life changes forever. You know, that's, it, it can do that to you, I guess. It, it would have the same impact as that. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if at, during those moments, your body's probably producing, a, you know, a little bit more DMT than usual. I love that. And I love that it's when you're, when you're having a positive experience your body, your brain produces DMT. But what about the negative experiences we feel like anxiety, panic attacks? Does your brain produce DMT then? I mean, if it gets produced during an accident, during a car accident, then um, is there a correlation? I guess it depends on how intense intense it would be, right? I mean, some, some women do report that during childbirth, especially during natural natural delivery that they have these spiritual experiences and you know that's from the intensity of the it can definitely trigger I mean it really depends on it's hard to tell when these things happen because they sort of just happen they sort of just happen and I guess also yeah like when you're close to death when people are under deathbeds they always say that they see ancestors or family people coming, family or an angel coming to pick them up might, it might be. Them. It might be. It might be DMT inducing that. I mean, yeah, you can really look at it two ways. It's either you you are hallucinating and they're really not there, or they really are there and the only reason you're seeing it is because of DMT. No one really knows. No one can really confirm the confirm these things. But what can be confirmed is that a lot of people are sharing experiences that are very identical in nature, even though they're worlds and cultures apart seeing the same stuff, experiencing the same stuff, ex- seeing the same, I would say, um, entities. So that's what's strange about it. Because but these are also s- very similar accounts to people taking acid. It's different in the sense that when people take these other psychedelics that you mentioned, like um, LSD and mushrooms, they, it's more of a distortion of reality. This one, DMT is more of like, uh, you are it's like you dabble into another reality into another reality it's more of hyper reality it's it's it feels even more it feels even more real than now it feels more you'll feel more it, it's more comfortable for some people the experience is more comfortable than than normal reality they feel like they're coming home that's beautiful have you heard of anyone having any negative experience i do i have okay i have i have i have i know someone who said it's like going to hell and back does it depend on your state of mind while this is happening if i guess it's the same with anything right you're, you're not anything. in the right mindset if you're not ready exactly yeah exactly um i was watching this documentary on netflix about people's accounts of taking acid and I think it was Sting who was um, 
basically talking about what happened to him when he took it. He was in the mountains and like this this goat was giving birth and he said he would basically every time he took acid, he's faced with the the fact that we are mortal. And yeah, that was interesting to me. And then he said that um he said that it all starts with intention. Like if you're gonna get it to to be messed up, then you will get messed up. <laughs> if you're doing it for a good time or like yeah. for you know hanging out with your friends and you wanna trip out, then you will you will get messed up. But if you have the intention of like, I'm gonna take this and I'm gonna write a song, like the best song I've ever mm. written, <laughs> then you'll do it. Yeah. But yeah, I found uh, that funny and interesting. That's with anything, right? I mean you can you can eat a banana or you can you know, you can throw it at someone. It's a tool. <laughs> it's, it's a, a tool. It, it, it's, it's a tool, and it's a very powerful one. Yeah, because actually, there are now um, there they use it as a healing tool for therapy, right? Mm, if you've seen Goop for, Lab on Netflix, yes. they they did like a a workshop where all their all their uh, the people in their company went on this outreach where they all took my magic mushrooms and it was a super spiritual and healing experience. It was a special professional retreat. They had professionals present Therapists. the whole time. Yeah, they had guiding them. doctors, people to guide you through. And they were all there in the room and people were going through a lot of trauma and release, releasing, releasing past wounds. They've always so done this, actually. They've always done this ever since... Um, Ever since, ever since people have had culture, people have always done these um, using actually DMT for for therapy before the in um, more. So it's not cultures. something new. No, I, I wouldn't say it's new because if you look into let's say Amazonian culture, jungle culture, they've been using certain. S- what you call snuffs, the the stuff that they inhale through the nose. Another guy blows it through this device into another guy's nose. And, it, you know, it contains DMT. And then they, they would have these, I would say, therapy sessions, essentially. But you don't have doctors and therapists there. You have a shaman who is, who is walking you through the, through the experiences using, through the experience using different chants and and songs because the dmt experience is um highly formed by sound it's it's the whole experience follows sound wow wow i I love that because i actually love sound baths and i wonder if I don't know. I wonder how much DMT is produced when when I'm in a sound bath. I would not be surprised if you are if you are inducing yourself to 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 produce DMT when you do that, because certain motion certain frequencies are known to trigger DMT very easily. I if I if I recall correctly, I did read one account of a a pilot doing a solo flight, you know, listening to the buzzing of the engine, this repetitive, mm, and he suddenly found himself above 
the the airplane you know out of body experience my gosh while he was flying it while he was flying it but of course you, you, this was very quick and he he this guy describes this experience as experiences kind of like a dmt it sounded like a dmt experience which was probably induced by the by the buzzing sound from from the engine and him just sort of zoning out into that do you think that because dmt is like a bridge or a doorway does it help us see other life forms that are out there or is it the other way around if you happen to chance upon <laughs> other life forms will you produce more dmt i'm talking <laughs> yeah, about aliens guys i have to be very specific because <laughs> you mentioned pilot so i thought you were gonna say um he was driving the plane and and then he saw a bunch of other crafts alongside him which by the way i have heard from a pilot who shall not be named it has happened sometimes wow. apparently okay we're going to side quanto but apparently sometimes when pilots report that they see unidentified crafts they just i don't know they just tell their supervisor and it's never released but this year 2020 all these crazy things were happening like the pandemic and then you had all these like what we discussed last time right Marie's I, black lives matter and occurrences. and then they right and then they said that um was it the pentagon someone released an official statement from the us government saying that they found aliens and nobody really cared because we're all so busy so some people are saying oh maybe it was a uh, uh distractive maneuver or they did that they decided to drop the news now because everyone's just so into their other problems that are more you know drastic at the moment oh my god I, i can't even get into it because i won't stop <laughs> <laughs> i did see what you i i know what you're talking about that that um that the news that came out yes i know uh, yeah I, i know what you're pertaining to because that that was put out by a quite reliable news source. N- news source i mean the people deem reliable and um mm-hmm. it was released by the us government it was right? yeah it, it was by them i mean the I, canadian i haven't seen this news in mexican government has done this you. as well in the past actually a lot a lot a lot of um, a lot of governments have have uh, have done this but it's it's like it, people just don't mind it are we not ready i don't know uh, I think it's it's just um it's it very <laughs> it's probably too much for a lot, for for most people. It it's 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 okay. pro- the concept of it is probably too much because um it's very hard to come to terms with our basic reality as it is. And you know to have to think about something bigger than planet the stuff that goes on on planet earth that planet earth. It's a big it's a big jump for a lot of For, for a lot of people and that we're not alone okay i actually saw a video of the canadian ex ex defense prime minister of defense and he had a long speech about just giving all the facts and the proof of the existence of extraterrestrials um along his journey and it's out there in the internet and no one cares but either way we respect everyone's opinion and just relating it back to DMT can taking it help you see other <laughs> I'm at a loss for words Maurice 
see other like open up o- open up like your third eye or give you access to other dimensions Whoa. with beings like Well, well, if you're in a higher state of consciousness, generally you're just, you're, I mean, theoretically you're... You're already in another dimension. You're already in another dimension, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're already, you're open, it means you're open to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were just talking about this on our last podcast, right, Fiance? I mean, it was more on relationships and themes, but it was about frequencies and how there's low frequencies and that's in the 3D that's in the three third dimension, and then the fifth dimension, which is the highest dimension, is all the positive things like love, creativity, freedom. It doesn't have to be this crazy mystical um, idea of going into another dimension. Sometimes it's just about just your own frequency and how in your own consciousness and your own mindset, and you can and the energy a, that you bring different to relationships than someone you're talking to right in front of you. Right. Well, that's why sometimes you guys go ahead. No, sorry. Go ahead. And sometimes you just have to connect and be on the same plane in relationships. Yeah, that's why DMT is a mystery because no one seems to know what it is. But then it seems to be it seems to have played such a huge role in our in our lives, in our evolution as, you know, as animals. You know, evolution from from being having a simple mind to to the extremely complex minds that we have today. It seems to be always present, even though people don't know it. And it's one of it's one of the biggest things. And that's and people, no one really seems to know what it, it what it's for, what it is, what it really does. It's all everyone's sort of just guessing because there's no real way to really confirm it confirm if these things are true because everything is happening through stories and accounts of people of people's experiences so there's no real way to to check well in the future if they happen to invent a way to confirm everything 100 percent, we're gonna have you guest on the show again and make (laughs) another podcast about it but for now i think it's safe to say we leave it as a mystery really exciting one an interesting one and back reverting back to healthy grocery and running a business right now especially in pandemic times you've been running a work from home operation for a while now can you please give us some tips on successful business practices from home well we've we've actually been running it this way for years ever since the start We've always so you guys you guys don't have a main office that you no, report we do. to every day. We do, we do. It's just that our working structure is 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 kind of like a work from home ever since. What we what we essentially do is uh, what what I did was I created systems that people can use virtually. Systems, um, you know, systems of working. Let's say, every you don't have to be there. It's like when when I set things up, you know, I I didn't have to be there. Certain people didn't have to be there for the company to 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 run properly. So it's how the company is set up. From the I think from this from from 
from the start. That's what's important. How you how you set things up with your staff, how you set things up with your suppliers, and how you and how you work. You know your schedule because working from home, it's all about being disciplined more than anything. You can create these systems, you can create these processes, but if people don't have discipline, it's not going to work. It's it's very very tricky. This is. This was our biggest challenge for the longest time. We we had a lot of people come in, go in and out because they couldn't um, they couldn't find the discipline to to get to work on time because no one's watching. Uh, time management that's huge. So that's what that's what makes it very challenging. The fact that no one's watching and that people have to want to work now. It's not anymore like before. You're being, you're getting forced to work. No one else. No one's going to be breathing on your back when you're at home. So that's that's what's very important. You really have to have people want to do their work and give them the responsibility to get things done. And it's like you're saying, okay, I trust you. You do what you have to do. Um, let's let's see each other when we see each other. But then let's just just make sure that your work is done at the right time. Then you have to give people the flexibility and the responsibility. Yeah, it's it's important that people don't end that you're that the people you work with don't end up taking on too many things because that's when things just go bad. This is what I experienced in that's the past. That's a good one. People seem okay. You know, I'm working from home, so I'll take this one job, and then I'll take another, and then I'll take another. Next thing you know, they have to quit all their jobs because they can't maintain one. This is probably going to be a wave that. I don't know that people will probably just experience now because that's the biggest challenge of running a, a work from home setup. That's really sound advice. Self-discipline, time management, and not taking on too many tasks at the same time or too many. You know, it, it's the nature of the computer, the, you know, the device, the, the computer, the phone. It, it's, um, you can't focus on one thing. So... If it's already difficult enough to focus on one thing and then you're going to do it through a device that forces you to multitask, then it's, it's already not a very good formula for success. So you have to, you really have to, to push the discipline with yourself and, and the people you're working with. That's the only way that things are really going to get done. Did you always have this strong discipline of steel work ethic or did you kind of have to learn it? As you went along, I think I've always, I think I've always had it ever, ever since. I mean, I believe that nothing can get done if you don't have the discipline to do it. I mean, and anything can get done as long as you have the discipline to do it. It's really as simple as that. If you want to have something done, you do it. I mean, there's no other way to say it. Today's words of inspiration. <laughs> now, Marika mentioned you to be an avid surfer. Can you tell us more about your surfing journey? What was surfing to you and what was the catalyst for surfing to take a backseat in your life? Yeah, well, that's what I did for quite a substantial amount of time in my life. How did I, how did I get into surfing? Firstly, well... I think I just I was looking for a sport that was not that was a little bit offbeat, it's a little bit outside of the norm. This this was quite a while back, maybe around two thousand eight, two thousand nine, something like that. And you know, surfing had it. It was adventure plus 
you're out in nature and no one else was doing it and it felt you know a little bit extreme a little bit crazy a little bit rebellious so yes so i did that and sorry i, I kind of forgot what else what else what, what else was your question what tell us just basically tell us about your surfing journey oh yeah okay so what was surfing to you yeah, yeah okay, and so, I know so, you don't do it a lot anymore. So yeah, I, I guess what it, what it was to you before. What, yeah, I actually don't do it anymore. What was the catalyst? I, I don't do for it surfing anymore. To take a yeah, okay. So yeah, I did it because it was just my thing. You know, I it was the one thing that made me feel, um, I would say, alive. You know, as cliche as it sounds, um, when I when I first did it being out in nature, being in such a, I would say, during the, at least during the first time in a, I would say, very intense situation, you just, you feel alive because if you're just at home, if you're just working, just doing the normal daily human stuff, it feels very bland until you do something, as, you know, like surfing. It's very tactile, you're out in nature, you're connected to everything, so you feel very alive. So it all started from there, it became my thing. And for years, I built my life around it because I was just so addicted to the, to the, to the feeling of being alive, you know, feeling human, you're, you know, you're really out there. It's like feeling like a six year old, um, and you're playing, you're having fun, you feel young. That's, that's really what got me hooked. Plus the fact that it made me healthy, made me travel, made me experience all these different things, meet different interesting people. And then it started becoming more of like um, an exercise. Like it just started uh, after a while when I did move closer to the ocean, when I lived closer to the ocean, it became more of just an everyday thing. Just like a like just like an exercise. If some people would go to the gym, I just go for their thing. So I I revolved my entire life around it, just you know chasing it, chasing the experience until it started just you know taking over my life a little bit too much and i found that okay i probably have already found what i what i was looking for with surfing and it was time for me to put myself aside and put my family you know in front as the as the as the main um as the main objective in my life. So I couldn't do two things because if I was going to go surf, I wasn't going to be able to do anything else. Because literally that's the only thing I did. I, I just, everything I did from all the superfoods, all the, everything I did, even business, THG, healthy grocery, I set it up remotely because I wanted to be able to work from, you know, work away from the office. So it, I really built everything around it, and when I did, when I did stop, um, yeah, it was, it was because I had to, I had to get back to the city. I had work to do here, take care of my son, see my friends. You know, I lost a lot of my friends. I lost a lot of of relationships because of surfing. This it's literally the only thing I did for a very very long time. And I realized that it wasn't so beneficial anymore at some, at some point because I traded everything else for that. 
you, even if it's great, if that's the only thing you have, then so in then a way, kind surfing of was kind of like your god. Yes, that's that's when I stopped. That's when I stopped. I knew it was I knew it was too much. Okay, so Anton, thank you so much for sharing that. You know, something that you were so passionate about, like surfing, for you to put that aside and make that conscious decision to put your family first. That's really brave of you. And I'm sure that wasn't an easy decision. And I know that we all have decisions like that to make in our life. And you're such a good testimony that it can be done because I've known you and I know how much you love surfing and how alive it made you feel and how passionate you were about it. And yeah, it was it when I suddenly saw you after a while and you said that you moved to the city and, you know, suddenly everything changed. So which is why I really wanted to ask that question. And that's really beautiful that it was your family that made you commit to this new life. So having said that, does that mean surfing is out of the picture or <laughs> every now and then? Every now and yeah. then? What what's it like? It was it's, it wasn't really hard firstly to to let it go. I mean, of course it sucks because there's a there are a few things that you definitely miss. Like it feels good to get, you know, ocean exercise, sun and all that. But then there's more than one thing. There's a lot of other things to do in this world, and we don't have a lot of time to live. And if you're just doing one thing, even though you love it so much, it's boring, you know. Because ten years, more than I've been surfing since, yeah, since around like 2009, around that time, and that's a very long time. If it's time to move on, move on to other things. Not the same anymore. Yeah. How are you processing current events today? What is the new norm like to you? What does this world look to you? And how do you see consciousness today as a collective? And where do you see us going? It would probably be the, the most, in my opinion, I think it's probably the most important time, at least in our, you know, in our time period, in our generation. Because collectively, all the countries affected by all this COVID and all the lockdowns, Everyone, everyone, whether they like it or not, they're they are having. I don't know. We, I would I would not necessarily label it psychedelic experiences, but they're having. You know, they're everyone's experiencing something very intense, dark night of the soul, as you would say, and you know, if if everyone is experiencing this, then for the very first time, we are all forced to take a look into ourselves in our humanity and in in the long run that's good because this this had to happen at some point i mean not the not the virus i'm talking about like everyone taking a step back looking at things so how yeah how how was i handling it um can't say i wasn't paranoid at first extremely paranoid actually but then upon you know, much thought, much reflection, I realized, well, how different was it really before people, people said that there was COVID? It was the exact same situation. 
I'm still going outside my house. I'm still around viruses and diseases that I can't see. I'm still around danger. It's just that now we are being told that you have to be scared, that you have to be paranoid, that you have to be like this. So I started processing these things and I realized, well, there's definitely, you know, there's definitely stuff going around. There's, there's, there's a threat of this virus, but then at the same time, there's also a lot of fear going around. I didn't want to go down the path of living my life scared because what's the point, right? I mean, the most that we can do is be careful, but then we can't handicap ourselves on purpose just because people, everyone around you is, 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 um, is, is, um, freaking out. Shouldn't, I mean, more so that you shouldn't freak out, more so that you should be calm and, try to be objective because yeah because um it's very easy to get carried away with with the crowd and that's when it gets dangerous because you stop thinking so that's what i did i i started questioning things more and like why are they doing this why are they doing that doing all these things and i think that's probably how i got through it just and and not changing really the way I do things. I kept on working, kept on doing everything the same. I didn't want anything to stop to, to, to stop me from living my normal life because it's really just people telling you what to do at the end of the day. So you gotta, you know, you gotta, you gotta use your mind. You gotta use your brain. What makes sense? What works for you? What works for them? So you have to choose. You have to be really smart about it. Again, it brings us back to finding what works for you. And there's a big difference between being careful and acting from a place of fear. Just like we discussed in our last podcast, Mariko was saying how important it is to choose to act from a place of love. And it's great that you managed to keep all your routines, maybe not exactly the same as before, but you just kept at it. Yeah, because um, you know, I'd get bored out of my mind to be honest. Because <laughs> I always like doing stuff, and if I'm just going to not, just not do anything, it would be really boring. And and you know, my company is is already run remotely, so it was a, it was also much easier to do it. Yeah, that that's an advantage. You were ahead of the game there. Everyone who who was who had it set up that way can still continue. Yeah, yeah, and I, I really do think easier. I really do think that having that um, I wouldn't even call it work from home, uh, not not a work from home setup, more of like a it's a flexible setup where it's so efficient that everyone doesn't have to be in the office just working there. Only the people who have to be there for certain things that you need to be physically there for, and then everyone can sort of go on with their life. That's that's really how I set up the company. I wanted people to go on with their lives and then the healthy grocery, they could integrate into that and it could enrich their lives, not really enslave them. So in a way, everyone's a winner, not just the people who own it. Yeah, that makes so much sense. Yeah, really well said because that, that's how I feel too, but you were able to kind of be more articulate about it. But yeah, I, I think that that's the, that's the thing I don't like, the feeling of being told what to do. And that told that we have to be scared and it's for our safety. And 
And then everything that happened in the U.S., you know, going out into riots and protests, it's like, what happened to the virus? <laughs> it's like, what happened to people, actually? <laughs> More than anything. Yeah. It's like, um, as my friend would say, people forget how to, people forgot how to people. <laughs> that's a good one. No, really. I'm, I mean, that's sort of what's happening. And um, it's scary because the, the people closest to you, friends, even family, a lot of them are acting out in, in, in strange ways that you never thought that they would um, do. You know, I they, think so, they never too. They would. And what's worse is that if you, do, if you don't have the same opinion, like friendships and relationships are now being broken up because of it. Yes, exactly. That's the worst part. Exactly. So, so are we all producing more DMT now? <laughs> yeah, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, because this whole experience to me felt a little, you know, felt a bit, um, I would say, psychedelic during the start. When it was during, I would say, the first few days when we really had no idea what was going on. It was just going lockdown. Mm-hmm. It was very, it felt like pandemonium. I remember driving around and it looked like a, it looked like a movie. It was pretty crazy. So people were oh, really... Oh yeah, especially I, in, in groceries where people were panic buying and fighting over rolls of tissue paper. Um, one of uh, one of the hallmarks of um, you know of I would say psychedelic experience is the distortion of time. And I don't know if you guys have noticed, but we're at how 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 long are we in to this? Four months already. Yeah. Are we? Is it four months? And it feels like during the start, it felt like if we were going to do this for four months, I can't do it. It's too much. But then now we look back into it four months, oh, yeah, not that long. So right now, all of our sense of time is already distorted. Any, anything else to ask, Marie? <laughs> no, but yeah, this is, I guess it's so nice to sit down and talk with you, talk, um, catch up about your business, because we all love the healthy grocery. And I think it's also great for people to hear about it, to, to hear about people behind the brands and how passionate you are is so inspiring for a lot of people who are trying to start a business or entrepreneurs who are struggling. So thank you. And yeah, Bianca, what else? Is, is there anything else? It was so great talking to you, Anton. And just want to remind everybody, stock up on your healthy grocery superfoods. Keep your immune system strong. Keep your minds positive. And we'll catch you guys on the next episode of Grounded Radio featuring JM Kiblat. Ooh, thank you, Anton. Thanks, Anton. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs>